Ladies and gentlemen, the Premier League show is nearly over, but have no fear. The festivities are just beginning over here at BR Football Ranks. We thought that if the PFA can cast their votes for Player of the Year in February, then we can definitely do our awards ceremony the week before the title is decided. So, peppering your AirPods with poignant pellets of perception for a push for the prize, which will be poured perennially into the perpetual block for Premier League legacy. There have been screamers from Salah, scorchers from Sterling, howitzers from Hazard and an enthralling title race for the ages. We're going to rank the whole thing. So buckle up and hold on tight. So deep breath. Whether you're a fan of City slick sensational steamroller, Liverpool liquid lightning at Liverpool, the strange story of sort of Sarri ball at Stamford Bridge, stadium swapping, sometimes superb, seesaw spurs, Emery's aesthetic but ailing Arsenal, unpredictable, uncoachable United, those wonderful wingmen from Wolves, ever inconsistent but enterprising Everton, Leicester's language but electrifying Lion Cubs, Watford's weathered Warriors, a hard and hard to beat Hammers, proud, prickly Palace, brave, bubbly Bournemouth, the tireless, tricky Toon Army, Burnley's bold battle resurgent, resplendent, Southampton, bumbling, bolshy Brighton, Cardiff's courageous but condemned cask, feebly faltering Fulham or Huddersfield's hearts on sleeve heroes or even just a casual connoisseur of this cosmos-cracking corker of a campaign. Welcome to the awards show like no other. My name is Jack Collins and I will be your host for these glittering star-studded awards, handing out the trophies that every Premier League footballer wants to win. The Rankies. Joining me are two men who know a thing or two about football ranking and awards. Please give a warm hand to the inside line of the Bleacher Report Empire, the MVP of Rumours and two-time winner of the I Was Behind the Goal Cup, Dean Jones. (laughs) Hello, Jack. And the 18-time champion of the world, Sam, the rank god, Ty. I get to speak now, yeah? We, we also get to join in on this, wow. right? <laughs> there's, there's no hot takes this week because, <laughs> I already burned, because I already burned the mic down. Um, but every opinion on today's show is a scorcher. So without further ado, let's start on the first Ranky Award for Most Valuable Player of the Season. Sam. Yeah, so... Let's differentiate here. Most valuable player rather than player of the season because, yeah. look, we all voted in the FWA player of the year, voted differently, Sterling, maybe Van Dyke. The PFA award was given to Van Dyke. We're talking about most valuable. Who is most important to their team? Who makes the most difference? I think it's Eden Hazard. I think without Eden Hazard, Chelsea would be, just going to look at the table, ninth. I reckon they'd be about ninth. I reckon he is legitimately worth approximately 20 points this season. The goals that he has scored, the individual moments of brilliance that he has produced, the the games that he has just dragged them through. I dread to think where Chelsea would be this season without him stepping forward and taking control and grasping the mantle very, very frequently. Yeah. That's nice. Dean? It's a good shout. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking down the more obvious avenues and go deciding between Sterling um, and Van Dyke. And in the FWA awards, Sterling won it. I voted for Sterling in those awards. But in terms of most valuable player, I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to say Van Dyke um, because of his all-round value to the team and the fact that there was a high valuation on him when they bought him. £75 million defender, 
They waited a long time for him. Everyone was unsure whether that was going to be worth... Well, not everyone, but a lot of people were unsure of whether that was worth the wait. Absolutely, it has been. Marshall, a defence that's conceded 22 goals in the Premier yeah. League, weighs in with a very important goal um, the other night. At least it could have been an important goal if Man City didn't then go and score an even more important goal on Monday night. Won the PFA Player of the Year as well. Um, he's just unbelievable. There's so many yeah. touches on the ball as well. You know, he he conducts play for them, which doesn't get talked about as much as it probably should do. So yeah, Van Dijk in terms of value, it's almost hard to put a figure on it now. I'm going to try and throw an alternative version into each of these awards. And although I think that Raheem Sterling has been City's best player this year, I'd argue that their most valuable player has potentially been Bernardo Silva because he's basically played everywhere. You know, if he's if he's not playing centre midfield, he's playing on the wing, he's filled in for De Bruyne. At the end of the season, when City looked like they were going to slip up, he was the one that took them by the scruff of the neck mm. and has scored those important goals. That goal against Man United springs to mind when it just didn't look like it was going to break. I think that what he offers as a player to a team unit in terms of necessarily, not necessarily, it's not always goals and always, but he always, his work rate is unbelievable. He, you know, he has an impeccable attitude. He's exceptionally good at football as well. And he pops up with important goals in the kind of all round scheme of City season. He's one of those players that not will go underrated because people rate Bernardo Silva, yeah. but in terms of he's had to play in all sorts of positions and he's been brilliant in every single one of them. Yeah. Bit, bit Monday night, you know, against Leicester City, there were parts where, like, and the co-commentary called it as well at times, genuinely looked like Lionel Messi, just like dancing through challenges. It's just not something you end up saying very often and you actually mean it. You kind of, you joke about it with a player who's useless and say they look like Messi, but Bernardo is starting to resemble Lionel Messi from about six years ago when he played on the right flank and cut inside constantly. The highest compliment I can pay him there. I'd just like to add one more name into this mix. Crystal Palace without Wilfred Zaha are barely a football team. Yeah. <laughs> they are barely a threat. Yeah. And so Zaha in the MVP stakes, I think is right up there. Yeah, good but, shot, yeah. So each award, I'm going to do a mini ranking because it's BR football ranks, obviously. I'd like you to go three to one, please, though, before the first one, I yeah, can, have, I can make an announcement. Works. Oh, yes, of course. I'm going to go Zaha in third, Van Dijk in second. <laughs> the Bleacher Report BR football ranks ranky award for most valuable player of the season goes to... Eden Hazard. Excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> Congratulations, Eden. Congratulations. The trophy is in the post. Number two, the standout individual performance of the of the season. So this one is for a single performance in a single game from a single individual. Yeah. So you are going to, you're going to do this one on your own, aren't you? Because I'm just going to take suits, this, yeah. Yeah, this, this is very much up your street. Do you want to explain why? Yeah, so on Bleach Report, on the website, in the app and on socials every week, I run an EPL 100, which is ranking the top 100 players in the Premier League, split into position groups. There are seven position groups. We take the goalkeepers aside and we rank them based solely on their performance this season in the league games only. As a result of that, or in doing that, I have a massive spreadsheet tracking every single player's performance from every single game. It is ridiculous. I'll be happy to show snippets to people if they are interested on social media. You guys have seen it. It's yeah, a colossal, it's a, it's a colossal it's a mess of colours. Um, do you want to just go three, two, one? But then, it I does. Think. It does just mean that I've just basically documented everyone's performances, and I gave out seventeen ten out of ten performances over the course of this season. Too many, and yeah, that is too many, isn't it? Yeah, I need, need, to, need to make it. <laughs> well, it's a lot of games. It's a hell of a lot of games. It but, is, but you don't see that many ten out of ten performances in any. Well, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Sam seventeen, mate. Um, I watched football through Sam's eyes. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the top, the three most impressive ones from those ten out of tens. And number three is Raheem Sterling when Manchester City beat Southampton six one. 
towards the end of last year. He scored two goals and assisted two more. It was a ridiculous performance. At number two is David De Gea away to Tottenham. This was massive. Do you remember when Man United were like, everything was rosy, everything was going well, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was on a win streak at the wheel. And De Gea made saves. The car wasn't broken down. And yeah, and De Gea was actually sort of resembling the sort of goalkeeper we think he is, or we, we, well, we know he is really, but we're starting to doubt it. He was amazing that day, just off the chart saves and so many 1v1 saves as well. United were very fortunate to get through that game. Uh, we, with with three points in the end because of him. Uh, number one. Whoa. Oh, sorry. My God. I'm sorry. Sorry. You're not sorry. very good at this. So the BR Football Award for standout individual performance of the season ranking goes to Bernardo Silva at home to Liverpool. Oh, nice. So, I mean, much of what you just said about Bernardo all rings true in that particular performance. City absolutely had to win that game if they had any hope of closing that gap on Liverpool in the table. Because if you seven remember at the start of the one, year, we were talking 10 and 7 points at certain points. They were well far off the pace. They had to win that game. Two players in particular put in absolutely monstrous showings that day. Fernandinho was one and Bernardo was the other. He was even more impressive. He got all of Pep's praise at the end of the game because he ran approximately 250,000 yeah. kilometres like a two marathon it was absolutely no. ridiculous he was so so good we won't go into it any further because we've already sort of addressed it but Bernardo you get the standout individual performance of the season one thing to say though yes no mention of Aguero and he's had a pretty good time in front of goal so he's got three 10 out of 10s in my <laughs> among my 17 he scored a fair few hat-tricks and I had him 10 out of 10 again at home yeah. to Chelsea in the, in the 6-0 uh, home to Arsenal and home to Huddersfield as well um, but they, yeah, he's he's been superb. He's got three ten out of tens. If yeah, there was a reward for the most ten out of tens in Sam's rankings, Ranky, that would be he'd be he'd be winning it. But we'll unfortunately, bring that next that's that's one for next year, I think. Right, let's move on to number three signing of the season. Dean, I'm going to throw it to you first. Um, I'm going to have to go with Liverpool player again here because I think Allison completely changed everything for them. The fact that you think go back to the Champions League final last season and how that ended for them and heading into a new season, they just needed new hope and they needed somebody to give them some confidence. And Allison absolutely provided that and more. He's kept 24 clean sheets this season. He's played 48 games. So he's kept half of his matches have ended in the other team not scoring. Obviously, it's helped by the fact he's got a very good Liverpool defence in front of him. Yeah. But a lot of that also comes down to not only his saves, but the way he's performed. Marshalling Marshall, that Marshall, exactly, well, yeah. yeah his, his instructions and giving them confidence and actually playing out the back as well. He's been great. So for Premier League context there as well, he has 20 clean sheets in 37 yeah. Premier League games. He's tied for the top at the moment for the Golden Glove with Edison, who moved on to 20 last a night A Brazilian well. is going to win the Golden Glove, you say? Uh, yeah, I think the next is Jordan Pickford. Like He's like six back, so uh, I'm fairly sure you can't get seven clean sheets in one game. So uh, <laughs> Here we and, are. Yeah, right, who's you your shout? Uh, I'm going to... Gian Moutinho yeah. is, is, my, is, is my signing of the season. He costs £5 million. He has been one of the best central midfielders in the league this season. He's been Wolves' best player, in my opinion. Uh, and despite the fact that so many of their players have played so well from from front to back through Jimenez and, and through Jota and Neves as well, who will obviously get more praise and more hype because he's younger and more exciting. Moutinho has done it all in midfield. He is the general. He's combative. He sets the tone. He creates. He takes set pieces as well. His corners are very good, except that one that he literally just passed straight out of play. That was really strange, that Weird. one. Uh, but his allowed to do one wrong thing in the season because generally he's been spotless and for five million quid like 
struggling to find much better value in that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit worried now because Alisson costs £67 million <laughs> pounds from Roma. Your suggestion will be third in the mini list. <laughs> but but I Jack- think, yeah, I mean, I was going to say Raul Jimenez, who I think has been exceptional leading line for Wolves, but uh, I'm actually going to go with the January transfer, who's, who I think has made a massive impact, and that's Yuri T. Elements at Leicester. Mm-hmm. He came into that side, which was doing fine, but not particularly spectacular. He's been sensational. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really like him in there. And I think, you know, we spoke about it before, that he looks like he's going to be moving on from Leicester because the big the big vultures are swooping. If, if yeah, we suddenly realise, so he is the real deal. Well, he's got no permanent feats attached with Leicester, has he? And he's on loan from Monaco, so it's one of those where I just think that his impact in that Leicester team has been something that's really driven them onwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we're going to talk about other Leicester players later on in his awards ceremonies who have also been spectacular and new signings. But I just think his impact in six months ha- has been absolutely wonderful. So shout it's been good for him as well because um, at the time he left Monaco was the time when obviously they were in disarray and he had that central midfield partnership with Fabregas that wasn't exactly um, setting the world on fire. But there was no defenders. <laughs> it was just like, right, no so one's I making think, any yeah, tackles. He's benefited massively as well. He has, yeah. Right, one, one, one more name to throw in here before we do the top three. Fabian Cher, three and a half million pound release clause from Deportivo La Coruña, joins Newcastle. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, exceptional season. Very few centre-backs that I like watching more stride out of defence and have have a crack at goal or try try and impact in, in, in possession in the same way that we saw Vincent Company doing on Monday night. He has been fantastic. Um, okay, so... Uh, Dean, sixty million goalkeepers not that's not happening. We're not we're not putting that in there. Um, I'm going to go share in third. Uh, Tielemo in second, and the BR Football Ranky Award for signing of the season goes to Jalmutinho for five million to Wolves. Fantastic! That is, what un- value. That is, that is unrivaled. What that value? Is, that is unrivaled. That's a good deal to be fair. Right, next that. one. Let's go. Player outside, best player outside the top six as our next award. This is a great. This is my favourite kind of award. This should exist. It opens up a debate where you can think about players who don't always get into the conversation. So, Dean, I'm going to let you start here. Yeah, it's obviously hard to win a prize if you're not in the top six normally, whether it be individual teams. So this is some th- credit for those players outside of that. And this one, for me, goes to Aaron Wan-Bissaka of Crystal Palace, a 21-year-old who has become an ever-present, basically, in a team that um, Roy Hodgson very rigid with his team lineups. Like He likes to under- know straight away at the beginning of the season his his eleven and it stays pretty much for an entire year. That's how he does things. Bissaka has played has started thirty four of thirty seven games for Crystal Palace this season. Um, he's become recognised by everyone pretty much as the probably the best right back in the league in terms of consistency. And one on ones, you're going to struggle to get past him. He's being touted now for a big move. You know, United, City, Spurs, all being linked with him. I think. He's telling, saying he's going to stay at Crystal Palace. He said, and he said the other day that he's, yeah. he's interested in staying for another year, which is interesting. Was it interesting? And which I mean, is good. Yes, yeah, really a good, good thing. I think you know you need to get those minutes under your belt when you're a player at that age, and he's going to get those. At yeah, Palace. exactly. And I think Crystal Palace are a good club for bringing through young talent. So I think it's in the right place, right time. And what an impact he's had at that club. Uh, Sam said earlier about Zaha, and that's absolutely bang on. Like he is their most valuable player. But Wan Bissaka has really helped him out. Wan Bissaka, yeah. I think, defense is the best right back in the league like he wins all of his tackles he's got telescopic legs and you can't get around him like so many wingers have just come up short against him I just don't know how to get around this guy yeah I was thinking actually when I was watching Man City struggle in in that game to score um, on Monday night is Kyle Walker up to being in this team and I'm starting to come to the conclusion that he's just not quite there and I'm like 
would Wan-Bissaka be a step up from Kyle Walker? He's already got the attacking the, out. The thing is, is that Wan-Bissaka is defensively monstrous, but then obviously attacking-wise, as a product of the fact that he plays for Crystal Palace and his, he's, he's limited in terms of what he's supposed to be doing on the pitch, his role is clearly defined. He hasn't shown us that he can be that attacker to unlock well, to basically unlock that next level and to really improve City beyond Kyle Walker. Um, I was, I've also come to the same conclusions recently. I think Kyle Walker has got worse over the last couple yeah, of yeah. years and uh, he's starting to look like someone who runs in straight lines, um, but isn't quite where he was a couple of years ago. Because when he, when he signed for 50 million, I was like, good deal, he's amazing. Uh, so it's, it's taken a turn there. Okay, all right, let's keep these rolling. Okay. I was going to put Jean Moutinho here because I That's think fine. he's been exceptional. Yeah. Uh, and, and for all the reasons you said you earlier. You could put a lot so, of Wolves players in yeah, there. Yeah, precisely. There, there are loads and loads of Wolves players who have been, you know, very, very good for yep. this season. Uh, but I was going to put Jean Moutinho in here. I don't think we need to discuss him too much because you've already basically said why he's been so good, but yeah. I would like to throw his name into the hat. Yeah, that's fine. He will, he will make the top three, rest assured. Thanks, Don't worry. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Lucas Fabianski. Um, yes. Arguably the best goalkeeper in the league this season. I think it's between him and Alisson Becker. And there really isn't that much to choose from them. Week to week, I have a look at their performances and I, I take a look at what they've done. I've got, I think they are neck and neck for the best goalkeeper in the year this, this season. Fabianski obviously faces a lot more shots. The shot, the shot volume is much higher. So it's easier to appreciate what he does. And he is a fantastic shot stopper. He's fairly clean distribution wise and he's okay aerially. The thing is, he just doesn't really make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just doesn't, and like most goalkeepers do. Even Allison has made a couple, has had a few hairy moments. Yeah. Fabianski just doesn't make mistakes. So he, he's, my, he's one of my picks as well for, for best outside of the top six. His season deserves a lot of credit. And he was awesome last year for Swansea as well. Like West Ham made a huge splash this summer. They signed Felipe Anderson for a club record signing. They signed Jack Wilshire onto a big contract. And all along, I was thinking, Fabianski for five million. That is one of the best deals. Yep. And he's been superb. Superb. Right, okay, rank him, Sam. Um, okay, Fabianski in third, Moutinho in second. And the ranking award for the best player outside the top six goes to... Aaron Wambisaka. There you are. Dean's well picked Dean. up a, a goal. He's only said that so to stop me walking out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. We do, we, do, we do need you in here, yeah. Right then, let's get on to a little bit of a more light-hearted one. Kit of the season. This, mm. is, this is fun. Sam, I know you've got a particular soft spot for a particular third kit. Yeah, Manchester United's third kit, the dark blue and gold, yeah. that is a colour scheme that I can get on board with. That is a very nice kit combination. So, so nice. And I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but it's going to be in the top one of this top three. Oh, no, it's not. I've got a better one, but oh, it's yeah? okay. What have you it's got? all right. No, 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 I'm going to go to Dean first because I, I think Dean, Dean's got a, a wild card. I have, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm just voting for Liverpool, it seems, for almost every prize we've got. And Someone so. I'm going to go with them again, try and get them something to celebrate this season. And I'm going to go with the Liverpool men's goalkeeper third shirt. The pink. <laughs> the bright pink one. The bright pink yeah, one. It is yeah. nice. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that needs to become the away strip next season. Yeah. I think everyone should be wearing that at Liverpool. I think that will cheer them up. If they don't win anything this season, this would really cheer them up. Be like, ego lads, we've given you all the goalkeeper's pink kit to wear next season. Yeah. Be like, Everton used to wear a pink away kit. 
That yeah. was a famously. I'm all for it. More and more people are doing it. Man United have got a pink kit. Uh, that, that pink they've is, gone for uh, the wrong shade. That's the wrong shade. Yeah, wrong that's shade like a pink. Mm. Yeah, Liverpool nailed it with the goalkeeper. Absolutely, you want that bright colour, right? The uh, third, just third. That's third. <laughs> I don't even know if that's going to get to third. If I'm honest, I've got two. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm all is. We might have to get on. One is Crystal Palace's away kit. Which um, one? The, the yellow. It's white. White with like a blue and red sash mm. across the middle of it. Old and school. it's really, really tasty. I, yeah. I'm a big, big fan of that one. The sa- sashes are good. Sashes are good. Sashes, sashes look are good. good. Um, but the winner for me and the best kit in the Premier League this season, I'm, 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 you will call this right, because it's Burnley's away kit. Burnley's away kit is all black mm. with this kind of like dull silver trim. Mm. The badge is blacked out. The sponsor is blacked out. The you know the Adidas logo is blacked out, or whoever sponsors them. Puma. It's not Adidas. Sorry. So. The Puma logo is blacked out. It's just a wonderful, wonderful kit. And I think that all things told, that kind of all black outfit where you know it's almost like monochrome. You you, yep. you know you're looking at something that's really really spectacular. You could wear that on a night out. Like no, you, you could, could wear that top on going? a night out. Where are you going? I'm wearing in, that? In Burnley. 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 <laughs> <laughs> a cinema in Burnley. Yeah, I'm getting the Royal Dice for a few <laughs> points. Um, but no, yeah, honestly, it's just so nice. Such a good kit. I, I think that it would be criminal not to give that kit of the year. Um, I think we all need to buy the kits that we voted for and next week wear them take a nice photo unfortunately the Liverpool men's goalkeeper third shirt is sold out so I can't do that (laughs) of course it is so you two lads should do it right Sam uh, let's get them ranked I think you've convinced me thanks mate he's very convincing you know oh Um, goodness Palace away in third thank you United in second and the BR Football Ranks Ranky Award for Kit of the Year 2018-19 in the Premier League goes to Burnley away. Thank you very much. One for me. One for me. Right. Breakthrough player. Rookie of the year. We talked about this on last week's podcast. We did, yeah. We were unhappy with the PFA Young Player of the Year award. We were unhappy with the eligibility requirements and how 24-year-olds can win it and things like that. It all just, yeah, we, we, we had our rant last week, so you'll remember it. So we're actually just taking that award and we're, we're bringing it to fruition and we are handing it out in the form of a ranky right. to, well, Right, one of three Dean, players. Who right? you got? I've got David Brooks of Bournemouth. Very good, mm, very, nice. very good. Uh, Twenty-one years old, so fits fits in here. First season in the Premier League as well. Interestingly, they, they signed him in the summer um, from Sheffield United. They paid eleven point five million for him, which was actually quite a lot considering last season in the Championship he only started nine games. Yeah, they were quite careful with him. Yeah, twenty-one sub appearances he made for Sheffield United in the Championship. Yet Premier League Bournemouth decided to pay a reasonable amount of money for him. He's come into the Premier League and started twenty-nine games, and more than that, they've actually given him a new contract signing him because he's been so good. Yeah. I mean, so many traits that, that are impressive about him in his midfield play, but most of all, the fact that he's got such confidence to yeah. take on teams and really get at them. It is kind of old school, doesn't it? Him he? and Ryan Fraser have been a yeah. force to be reckoned with. They're a throwback. They're they so, have, so yeah. good. Um, I'd like to also pick a player who has signed from a club from the Championship that are now promoted to the Premier League this year. And I'm going for James Madison of Leicester City, mm-hmm. who was obviously signed from Norwich. Interestingly, both those Championship clubs sold what was regarded to be their best player and then both got promoted so maybe yeah, that's maybe true. that's the trick in the championship sell your best players and get promoted yep. um, but James Madison has been exceptional for Leicester I talked about his midfield partner in, in Yuri T. Elements earlier but I think that his kind of adaptation to the Premier League has been almost exquisite the only black mark against his name is that he's had two or three 
bad dives mm. that have yes, got players yeah. in trouble. And we saw last week Ainsley Maitland-Niles, after he got sent off for Arsenal against Leicester, turned to Madison, who they obviously play at youth level for England together, and were like, was that Madison, that's not on. Mm. And it was like, oh, that's that's not, you know, yeah. he's starting to wind people up. And obviously he got a lot of trouble for the dive that got re-highlighted earlier in the season. But... Taking that aside and taking that out, his free kicks are masterful. He, he's a dead ball specialist. He pops up in the box. He scores important goals. He looks like Leicester's biggest threat occasionally. When when teams are not susceptible to the counter-attack, it looks like it's going to be Madison that's going to unlock them. Mm. Uh, and I think that his step up to the Premier League has been pretty spot on. Yeah, fair enough. I've got a couple more names to throw out there. A return for Aaron Wan-Bissaka here because he only did start a handful of games at the end of last season and it was only from this season that he was really an established starter. So this is his breakthrough year yep. and we've talked about his virtues. And also, you can say the same for Declan Rice. Not just because, well, he started a few more games than Aaron Wan-Bissaka last season, but not... Man, not, to like, point, not to the yeah. point where he was a, he was a solidified starter. He also spent half of that time in a central defensive three, which is clearly not his position. Clearly, he is a destructive holding midfielder, as we've seen him in his best form this season, yep. just marshalling that midfield for West Ham and putting in some really big performances against some really big teams. Like when West Ham nullified Chelsea early in the season and drew 0-0 at the London Stadium, it was because Declan Rice just dominated that pitch. Yep. So I'm going to take... Madison out of the top three. Okay, fair enough. Um, there are black marks against. Yeah, him, I'm going to say it's, it's a really tight one because it's a top four and it's a really impressive top four. Um, but I'm going to go number three Brooks, number two Rice, and the BR football ranking for breakthrough rookie of the year goes to Aaron Wambasaka again. Again, oh. he's got a double gong. Double oh gone. What a day for Aaron Wambasaka. What an award ceremony this is. Right. <laughs> Surprise of the year, a.k.a. lamed after last night, the Vincent Company Award. Um, <laughs> it's a player who out of nowhere has had a brilliant season, just like Vincent Company out of nowhere pinged one into the postage stamp for when, when Man City needed him most. So, Unreal. Dean, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Anyone that's not aware, I do support Fulham. and um, I think we all know this by now. Well, I don't know. The amount of Liverpool players Dean's nominated yeah, today. I've changed allegiance recently. <laughs> we signed a player called Ryan, Ryan Babble in January. And to say, former Liverpool player. Former Liverpool player, yeah. To say I wasn't excited by the prospect would be... An understatement. An understatement of the century, yeah. Um, but he's been unreal. Like, he's been really, really impressive for Fulham. He's one of the players that's cared the most, which really surprised me. He's been really direct. He scored some good and important goals for Fulham. Um, and I've just been really, really surprised. I couldn't fit this bracket more fittingly, really. Fair enough. Yeah, it, but it did reek of one of those kind of... Desperate. I don't know, yeah, that's decisions. never going to happen. Like, well, it's been so like, good, I want him to stay. Like, I mean, when Fulham, remember when Fulham signed Costas Mitroglu? And it yeah. was like, oh, God. We that, knew that yeah, wasn't going to work. never going to work. Of course. It, so obviously, this is this is much cheaper and much more short, short term, but it didn't feel like it. Um, you say uh, Ryan Babble cared the most. Do you, know, do you know who actually cared the most about Fulham? Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney. My My nomination is... Etienne Capou. Yes, good. Um, he was also good last season. He was, he's been decent for a while. Like, he was okay for Tottenham. He's been good. But, like, out of pretty much nowhere this season, he has been phenomenal. Like, he's been, I don't know, one of the, yeah, one of the top 10 midfielders in the league. Consistently brilliant. Like, completely press resistant and so physical and so capable of just handling a midfield. He and Ducore as a two have had no problems with almost any side in, in, yeah. in the league this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I you know, it's, it's just one of those kind of swan song things where like, you thought you knew what Kapu was and you thought he'd already hit his ceiling and then he just has this incredible year. He's been better than Abdullah Decore this year, yeah, I in my opinion. And Decore, I appreciate he's younger, but like he's the one that gets linked to Chelsea. PSG, he's yeah. the one that gets linked to PSG. And Kapu's been better. He's yeah. like he's been their best he's player this though. season. He is, yes, but that's the level we're talking. Yeah, of course. All so right. he's he's my he's my nomination. Okay, so in twenty twelve, Wolverhampton Wanderers then of, I believe, the Premier League, but we're, we're playing a pre-season game against Bohemians, who are a League of Ireland side. And they saw this right-back called Matt Doherty, who they, who'd never played a senior game for Bose. And he was taken on trial at Wolverhampton Wanderers, and they eventually paid £75,000 for his services, promptly sent him out on loan to Hibernian and then to Berry, And then in about 2015, he established himself as a part of Kenny Jackett's side. Now, in League One, wasn't in it? League One. Now, that player scored the goal of the season for Wolves that year from right back, uh, and has since established himself as the probably the best attacking right back in the Premier League this season. Uh, he has scored in forty-four games for Wolves this season, not all Premier League to be fair. He has scored eight goals and provided ten assists from right back. He oh. has had a phenomenal season, and he has no right to be doing this. He just randomly signed when he was like nineteen from a random League of Ireland side who'd never played for, and he's come through from League One all the way up and just been consistently brilliant for Wolves. Very good. Yeah. It's a trend, isn't there, with Irish fullbacks signing for nominal fees? Because Seamus Coleman oh. was came from Sligo Rovers for a similar amount of I money. I believe the amount was there. 60, sixty grand, sixty. Grand James Coleman, sixty yeah. grand, um, and then to a lesser extent as well, someone who's just been promoted to the Premier League with Sheffield United, Enzo Stevens, Stevens, just came from kind of nowhere in the League of Ireland mm-hmm. as well. So serious trend there. Maybe just everyone's scouts should be piling over to the League of Ireland just but, for fullbacks, though. Uh, just, 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 just only look at fullbacks, please. Yeah, um, best attacking right back in the league. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold might okay. have something to say about okay, that. Yeah, but no, you're right. we're in, we're, talk, we're, 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 we're talking lofty heights yeah, there, yeah. aren't we? Lofty heights. So is it between those three? I think so. Yeah, um, I'll throw it to you now, mate. Tough one. Yeah, it's really tough. Yeah. Uh, three, Babel. Fair. Two, Kapu. And the BR Football Ranks Ranky for Surprise of the Year, a.k.a. the Vincent Company Award, goes to Matt Doherty. Yes. He looks so happy right now, Honestly, Jack Bills. What a celebration. I spent most of the pre-podcast production stuff winding Jack up and pretending that he, uh, Matt Doherty wouldn't be involved in any of this. Somewhere. Excellent. Right, let's take the tone down a bit. Hmm. Flop of the year. Yeah. This is a big one. Uh, there are many contenders, unfortunately. Uh, Sam, we're going to let you start, I think. Yeah, um, I've got a shortlist of uh, 150. No, it's, uh, it doesn't have to be signings, right? We're no, going to no, just anyone. go with just general, like according to expectations. So yeah. it's not just transfers, but, you know, there are quite a few here. Mares hasn't lived up to a £60 million billing. Fred hasn't lived up to a £40, £50 million billing. Gonzalo Higuain is... is can't run very yeah, well. Yeah, no, he can't it's run, very, can't move. It's, it's very distressing. Watching. He's got a really good goal of the weekend. Yeah, he's got a couple of really nice ones, but it's very distressing watch Gonzalo Higuain try and pick out spots to run into. Sarri still wants to sign him, by the way. Yeah, well, he might, have, he might literally have to um, because of the transfer ban, maybe, if it's upheld. But um, my, my, my actual sort of... Contender. I'm going to submit Kieran Trippier here, who, again... On a previous podcast very recently, he was nicknamed the World Cup Catfish, Kieran Trippier by Rhys James. Uh, It's not just that's just stuck with me, but Trippier did things at that World Cup that he'd never done before and has never done again. So maybe it is harsh to set the expectation level based on the World Cup when we had quite a lot of evidence over the course of league play that he wasn't necessarily going to do that. But when 
he plays that well for an England side that played that well. And he comes back and he plays like he did for Tottenham this season. Yep. Right back has been such a weak point for Tottenham this season. And Sergio Aurier hasn't been able to help because he's been no more reliable and quite often injured. Carl Walker-Peters is rarely allowed to play football nowadays so he couldn't impact either. Tottenham have had a problem at right back and yes. there are quite a lot of fans who would be quite happy to, to say goodbye to Kieran Trippier. Maybe they should replace him with Matty Loughton, who's done lot. the exact same job at, that, at Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot of Tottenham fans, I think, are looking at Ricardo Pereira at Leicester and thinking, why didn't we just sign him? Like, yeah. why didn't we do that? Um, and Dean, I'll just throw this quickly to you because Kieran Trippier is, of course, linked to a host of very good clubs like Manchester United and Napoli for quite a lot of money and it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, £40 million is the fee on his head and it seems there's a few people that are going to be willing to take it. I guess... You're just looking at his England form and thinking, well, if we play him in a certain position, in a certain role, then this is what we would be capable of getting from him. But I also think, you know, a lot of Trippier's World Cup was about that free kick and I'm not sure he'd be able to replicate that as many times. The other thing you could need. you could do with with Trippier is get him to stop trying to bomb forward and actually, you know, with a team that actually had like target men in the box, you know, might suit Italian football, for example, Aim because he would just be able to deliver crosses from deep, basically. I don't see him in Napoli. Well, he's, got a, he's got a lovely deliver on him. We just haven't seen very much of it this year because he just seems to not use it. He's also, I think he's suffering from a serious lack of confidence right yeah. now, which, which is affecting even his best traits, which is that deep cross, yeah, um, which is clearly taught at Burnley because Matt Lowton is also absolutely the master. Absolutely brilliant. Right, Dean, um, who have you got? Well, I went through the Man United squad just trying to pick a player, basically, because they've all been flops. Um, Martial came close. He's been... Well, he's been so lazy and poor. Um, Pogba not living up to the kind of form that he should be delivering no, on a consistent he's, basis. He's had a best year than most, given <laughs> given the circumstances. Given the circumstances, but this is Paul Pogba we're talking about. Lukaku could easily have got into this bracket, but I've gone for the most obvious man, which is Alexi Sanchez. He is a complete flop, possibly the worst transfer in Premier League history at this point, given what you've got for a... Ooh, that's a huge call. I mean, you're paying a guy more than 500 grand a week at times if he plays if you're not you're paying him a basic of about 340 grand anyway he spends a lot of the time injured but when he is on the pitch you're getting nothing from him I mean his stats are appalling Um, this season let's just get this right he's got uh, 26 matches in total he's played got two goals got four assists 19 Premier League appearances one goal to show from them doesn't get many starts anyway. He only started eight Premier League games. Yeah. Nobody's trusted him. Mourinho didn't. Solskjaer hasn't seemed to be very impressed by him at all. Not sure where he fits in. I mean, this is a man at Arsenal that you would have built a team around at one a few years ago. You'd absolutely tore teams apart. No questions asked. You'd have gone right. This is the man I'm building a team around. Now, you're like, do you want to go and train with the kids? I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want with him? All right, cool. I'm uh, about to put in a name that's not as high level, but potentially was at one point, uh, which is Andre Schurler. Mm. Signed for Fulham in a a deal at the start of summer. Everyone was like, we've got a World Cup winner. The man that surprised... I know you weren't. (laughs) The... You know, a man that supplied the assist. A man that supplied the assist for the World Cup winning goal, you know, in 2014. It's just baffling how a player has that little ability to run uh, he, and, and shoots when he shouldn't shoot, <laughs> doesn't shoot when he should. And if to be fair, that tactic has led to several absolute worldies. He scored, he scored a few two really good brilliant goals. goals. <laughs> two brilliant goals for Fulham. Yeah. And both of them 
came uh, with, you know, ridiculous shots that he had no real right to take on. The, like problem, company. <laughs> the problem is that he shoots about 300 times a game. Yeah. He, he'll look up and you'll see the four bodies in front of him and everyone will be going, don't shoot. And he'll shoot and he'll hit the first body and look a bit confused about it. And you're like, no, no, don't do that. Please don't do that anymore. I've never been less impressed with a player's work rate, their work ethic, their attitude. Honestly, the, the quicker that Sherler leaves Southwest London, the better for everyone involved. Goodness me. Okay. Right, Sam, rank him. Um, just one more quick shout for Yerry Mina, though I'm just going to leave him off the list because he had a lot of injuries this yeah, year. I think but it's hard. early signs are not good for a £27 million centre back there at Everton. Kurt Zuma's been amazing in this place. I'm going to put Alexis at three, not just because Dean put it again, but because I actually didn't expect much from him this season because I think their race is run. So it's about expectation versus reality. Um, I'll put Scherler at two. Similar, I, I imagine. I'm going to go. No, I thought Scherler would be, I was honestly on board with you. I thought he was going to be really good. Um, I, I thought a lot of things about Fulham were going to be very good this season. I was wrong on all of them. Fulham could um, have just gone in this category flop of the year. Yeah, I think. And, uh, and number one is the BR Rankier Wolf for flop of the year goes at two. World Cup catfish, Kieran Trippier. Excellent. Right, that is all the rankings given out. All the awards will be in the post to their respective owners. Uh, thank you to Aaron Wambasaka for winning two. We can put those in as a joint parcel and save bleachers some money, so that's good. And please, lads, if you could send in your videos thanking us for your awards, uh, and we can put them up on social media, that, that would be great. It would really help us out. And <laughs> uh, We'll be back after the break to run roulette and the nonsense rankings. Don't go anywhere. It's that time you've all been waiting for. It's Bleacher Roulette. If you're in, time to spin. Let's have it, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) If football didn't exist, what would you do with your time? That is a harrowing question. It's about literally about 14 hours a day I spend talking about and watching football, don't I? You do spend an awful amount of time watching football. I like to think I'd be much better at sort of DIY. Um, and would have much much more time for that sort of thing like maybe I could put up my own shelves maybe I could hang a portrait on the wall I'm so bad at stuff like that Um, I am really bad at that I think I'd have spent years honing my craft on you know on DIY things maybe I could I could re-slab or repave a garden proficiently enough to be able to do it myself just trust myself to do all those menial tasks I reckon that's what I'd have done Dean? Yeah my main problem is that I don't actually have a proper hobby outside of football and seeing as that's also my job it's become a bit of a problem because I don't know what else to do outside of it. So I just watch more football, which obviously helps me with my work, but it's not really switching off. I mean, basically... You wait till your son gets a few, few years older as well. You'll just be playing football Even more the football time. to come. So I'd probably watch more Netflix and eat more pizza. Which would be bad for everyone. So thank you, football, for existing. <laughs> and I would probably return to my roots. I was a music journalist before I was, uh, before I was in the football game. Um, <laughs> That's what I did at uni. Um, I ran a, a music show at, at Durham. And, uh, oh, don't you like story, mate? Yeah, so I'd probably be, uh, I'd probably have doubled down on music. I very much let that go into, well, I mean, a bit. You haven't let it that. go. You're still singing and rap on here, so it's I quite still good. do a bit, yeah. Still the, still the poet and the prince of yeah. this, for this podcast. People so. will be pleased to hear that because they're probably wondering about your past, to be fair. And, uh, yeah, no, and obviously, you know, from, you a music, from a musical background, from a musical theatre. I think I probably would have done musical theatre. That's what I would have probably ended up doing. Yeah, so. I still, to be honest, I still think you might end up doing well we'll see where we go with this but uh you know when you wait to the live shows when we get br football ranks live the introductions are going to be something else it's going to be full bands and you're going to have to do them in one take though rather than usual six or seven i am one take jack collins let's have this again right dean i'm going to spin for you if you could have invented one football skill which would it be well considering i can't do that many of them i think it'd have to be one that i 
am actually capable of. Step over. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do those. No, I'd, I'd like to have invented the Cruyff turn. Yeah. Because everyone, you want a one that's named properly. So, you know, Cruyff has been attached to that ever since the day he did it. Um, don't think he was the first one to actually do no, it. Probably either. not. No. Um, but it's did a it hockey the, thing, isn't it? That's what he got it from. Yeah. People play and do it in hockey. But on the on the stage that he was on at that time and everything else, it became known as the Cruyff turn. Um, I'd, I'd like it to be known as the Jones turn. I think that 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 has such a better ring to it. I'd love kids, you know, forty years from now to be doing that in the playground and saying, oh, "I did the Jones turn on you, you mug." Um, <laughs> And also, this is just a continuation from when he chose Aguero's career. So he's got to have people shouting his surname. So when I was a kid, um, I had a trial for Fulham. Trials were quite hard to get through because there's so many people at them. And you're like, you've got to make an impression. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I was really good at that was like stand up was Cruyff turns. So when the coach was like, get us to do his dribbling around this box, I was like, just going to throw a couple of Cruyff turns right in front of him. And I did it like that was all I had. But I mean, I was decent. I wasn't that good. And it worked. After <laughs> one session, I knew he'd seen those Cruyff turns. And I just could never live up. I was like, I don't really know how to put this into a game. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this now. <laughs> it was all downhill from there, yeah. but it worked really well on that occasion. Sam, you got one? Um, I would probably the flip-flap. That's what I was going to say. Take, I would take the flip-flap. I think, can you imagine, the, pers- the first person that did that has basically mis-kicked mis- the ball, It's got, a, and they've almost broken their ankle doing so, but it's probably nutmegged someone by accident, and he's gone... <laughs> oh my god look what you can do oh my god yeah, that, that cool. one seems like the most kind of physically impossible one for me to ever pull off um so i think i'd go for that one yeah i, I have a couple here there was um i was tempted by the rainbow flick um obviously over someone's head from behind like which is a which is a good one um but i think i settled on the penenka i mean it's not so much a skill um, it is a skill. It's a skill. But, or, or, you know, or the Rabona. Those are the two that really stand out for me. But I think the Penenka is probably the cheekiest thing you can do in the game. And I, really I do is. like the kind of, when they come off, they're just so great. It and would suit you. How many Penenkas have you tried in your life? Not many, actually. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I was okay at penalties, but I used to absolutely hammer them bottom corner okay. constantly. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've not actually ever tried a Penenka. Maybe, maybe the time will come eventually where I back myself enough. But yeah. most keepers at our level just stand still at penalties. That's the problem. So yeah. actually you look like a real tit if you, yeah. if you played that in Penenka. And you don't get the opportunity to do a Penenka on five-a-side, do you? So really. like, you, your options oh, are I have scored a Penenka at five-a-side. You go in off the bar. That's the classic. If you can do that at five-a-side, you're in the money. Okay. So, uh, right, one more. This is from Silas on Instagram. He says, would you rather be on the end of a Suarez bite or a Zidane headbutt? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wow. Literally the exact same actions, like headbutt to the chest? Yeah, I still think the bite. I think headbutts really hurt. I've been been headbutted more than once. In the chest? Yeah, no, it still hurts a oh, lot. It, oh, it really, also, really. I think it's a bit mad to say in the chest. It's either you get headbutted or you get bitten. I don't think you get to well, choose on, where it's, it's it is. It's a Dan headbutt or yeah, the Suarez bite. You know, it's, it's, I don't think you get to choose where it is. You just, I don't want to be, well, I don't want to be headbutted in the face no. either. Well, there, so therefore, you also don't want to be Brutal. bitten on the ear. So, like, you know, it's one of those things where you have to really, really take a think about this. I think I'd rather be on the end of a bite than a headbutt. I think. As long as it, like someone didn't actually bite off my ear. I've never been headbutted. Hang on a minute, didn't he get bitten on the shoulder? Got bitten on the shoulder. Yeah, here. but I'm just saying, like, in general, I don't think you get to choose where it is. Like, I would take the bite. Like, it was just... But yeah. you'd rather be bitten. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. 
Like that wouldn't really hurt. It does he, hurt. He doesn't. He's not biting a chunk out of you. He's not Hannibal Lecter. Our graphic designer in the office, Mateus, sometimes bites people. He does. Yeah, and, that is actually quite. Really that's actually really painful. Um, really hurts. But do you think Suarez bit him hard? Not not saying he bit Mateus. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's potential. Uh, Sam, I, I'm gonna think I'm going to make it a clean sweep on the bite just because I've like I've been headbutted. It hurts. I've also been Who headbutted you. Um, that's a different story. <laughs> and also, and also um, like, I've also had a shoulder through the sternum and it cracked one of my ribs. That was on the football pitch. Yeah. So even getting a headbutt in the in the chest, potentially, I dangerous. know is an absolute killer. So I'm going to go with the bite. Sorry. What's that noise? Oh, sorry, my, my nonsense alarm's going off. Oh. Can you, uh, <laughs> let's go, let's go. Yeah, I, didn't the the si- no- I didn't hear the siren. The, no, it's the alarm. I didn't it's, hear the siren. It's in my ears, I'm afraid. Oh, I didn't hear it. It's all right, it's on the... I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, it's nonsense time. Okay, right. Uh, this week, it is the three most fun teen names to say that begin with F. <laughs> <laughs> First thing to say here, a bit of a uh, bit of clean up is that we are going to exclude clubs that like to begin their names with FC, FC yeah. like Porto or whatever, because yeah. I think that's really quite strange. I don't know how they managed to get away with that. Um, so none of none of that's none of that's relevant here. It's an honourable mention to Fortuna Sittard of the Eredivisie, but they've been pipped to third by a fellow Fortuna in Fortuna Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Yeah. Now that is the double whammy because not only is it very fun to say. Fortuna Dusseldorf. It also looks cool as well because umlauts make every word look better. They make yous look much cooler. Yeah, they're so not for- much help making Meza Ozil into a footballer though. They, well, that's not their job. <laughs> that is not their job. So Fortuna Dusseldorf in third place. Into second is Ferenc Varos, the Hungarian champions. Yep. Yep. I was originally going to go for Ferenc of Portugal here. But then I remembered that Ferenc Varos is basically the same word with Varos on the end, yeah. which makes it more fun. I've got a French Varos top with Zoltan Gira's name on the back. Have you really? Yeah. yeah. Bring that in next time. I will. I'm Bring that in it. next time. Yeah, yeah. So Ferenc Varos is better than Ferenc there. Yeah. So they're at number two. And at number one is Frosinone. Oh, that's a good one. That yeah. is a beautiful, because you could put on your absolute best worst Italian accent uh, to say that one. And I just go around shouting Frosinone all day, yeah. what you can do. And I it's do. It's really annoying at the I office. do. On my way to work, <laughs> on my way to work, Frosinone. Between reps at the gym, Frosinone. Whispering it to myself quietly as I drift off to sleep, Frosinone, Frosinone. <laughs> Sadly, okay. all of this counts for very little in terms of the actual table, because Rosanone have been relegated. Yeah, no, they But if the table was done on how on fun, how fun the, name the names were, say. congratulations, Scudetto champions. Yeah, absolutely. Frosinone. Yeah, we are. Um, there are some other clubs beginning with F, if you can think of any that haven't been mentioned. Nothing of any. Fulham. Fulham. It's not that fun, though. Fylde. Fiorentina. Fiorentina is one. It's I was right. thinking about this. Feyenoord is another. Do you know there's also a team called Fiorentino? No. Yeah, they're, San Mar- they're from San Marino. And they're just absolute frauds. Well, it appears, but there's an area. Obviously, Fiorentina are from Firenze or Florence, if you were speaking English. Yeah. But there is actually a place called Fiorentino in San Marino. It's one of the districts, the municipalities of San Marino. The best team I've ever seen, beginning with F, France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are good. They're really they good. are good. They are sexy. Cup of World Cup Fraser, <laughs> Fraserburg in Scotland. Because if you say that in a Scottish accent, it sounds great. Fraserburg. Oh, Frankfurt. 
Yeah, they're Eintracht Frankfurt. Frankfurt. That's next week's ranking. Yeah, Yeah, we'll save that one. We've got 25 more of these coming up for you, but another fire rankings to finish. And that is us all wrapped up for this week. All that's left me to do is say thank you to you guys for listening and to Dean Jones and Sam Tai. I've been Jack Collins. We hope you've enjoyed the inaugural Premier League Rankies ceremony. There are four more of these coming up for La Liga. (laughs) (laughs) Remember to get involved in all things pod using the hashtag BR Football Ranks. Get the three of us on Instagram or Twitter. Get the BR app for the best sports content in the business. Get our iTunes page to rate and review us. That's so important for us to keep growing, as is word of mouth. So tell your mates, tell your nan, tell your dog, anyone who's basically got headphones and a subscription, get them involved. We'll keep the rank squad growing. Get involved. Peace.